You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We're in our favorite time of the year of the offseason, our top nine list. Why nine instead of ten? That's my favorite number. It works out well over a three-segment show, and really, I'm a Ferris Bueller fan, so I like nine times. I like... The magic power of number nine with all multiples of nine adding up to nine with the digits. So I'm all over that. Nine is mystical. It's magical. It also is methodical as we try to uh, figure out fantasy football here in 2023. We're giving you another top nine list today. We're looking at the nine most uncertain quarterback situations, cloudy not knowing who's going to be the starter, what that means for fantasy football, what you can expect with either player starting, veteran versus rookie in a lot of cases, in some uh, different uh, things at play as well, including injuries. So we'll look at those nine situations. We'll start with the Atlanta Falcons, go all the way to the 49ers. So we're going to count from number nine all the way to number one with San Francisco, and it will break down those situations for you on today's show. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcast. We're part of Locked On Network, your team every day. If you're an everydayer, you know who you are. Checking out our show every time we put one up during the week. We're really glad that you're here. And if you're new to the show, welcome. We're going to give you insight. You need to dominate your fantasy football leagues here throughout the offseason and in-season. All right, let's dive right in. Atlanta Falcons, we gave it away, is your nine most cloudy quarterback situation. Look, they want to go with Desmond Ritter, but they did sign Taylor Heineke, the former commander's fill-in starter there. So Heineke, we know, is pretty accomplished, has splashed his moments with Washington. So good pickup by the Falcons, just in case Desmond Ritter doesn't work out. It is Ritter's job to lose. They're going into camp wanting to see what they can get out of him. So Ritter, again, didn't go as high as we expected in the 2022 draft, but he has a profile that they like a lot in this offense that's going to figure to be very run-heavy again. They're going to transition well for Marcus Mariota, who's now the Eagles' backup quarterback. So they did draft Ritter, kind of knowing that he was similar with the skill set, with his running athleticism, and ability to lead the way that Mariota was. So they wanted maybe that influence of Mariota early with the makeup off the field, and now you get a quarterback that they're high on here in Atlanta. But again, it should be a run-heavy offense here, so it doesn't matter as much. Taylor Heineke gives you a little bit more passing upside to help Drake, London, and Kyle Pitts. But definitely, if you're looking at the running game and want to maximize that, you would say, B. John Robinson needs Desmond Ritter in there. That's going to help. Heineke can gunsling it a little bit too much, where I think Ritter's going to play within the confines of the Arthur Smith offense. So, look, uh, I think Ritter's also an accomplished passer. Keep in mind, he had some really good receivers at Cincinnati, including Alec Pierce, who flashed really well for the Colts as a rookie. So, it's not like he can't throw the ball downfield. And really, it's going to be a shorter, intermediate game when you look at Drake London. He's a big high body target here with the big catch radius as well as Kyle Pitts. 
being an athletic target. So Desmond Ritter has the potential to facilitate this offense really well. And don't forget about the strong offensive line here. Chris Lindstrom is uh, one of the best guards in the NFL. Caleb McGarry coming off a breakout season. You have Jake Matthews still anchoring things at left tackle. So this offensive line is solid. The running game is going to be there. The short to intermediate game can open up here well for the Falcons. They're playing in a weak division. So I would think Desmond Ritter is going to hold on to this job here over Heineke, but Heineke is a good backup to have should something happen to Ritter, given his running style and the way he might play here. I think you'll see a little bit more dedicated pocket passing from Ritter early, but again, they'll encourage him to use his legs to buy time more so than anything else. So I think Falcons offense, I think you look right now, Drake London is a wide receiver three, Kyle Pitts rebounding as a tight end one, and Bijan Robinson is a high end RB one. So Ritter or Heineke, Neither of them is going to mess up what the skilled players can do. And again, it's going to be a run-heavy team, so you already have a capped passing and receiving total for fantasy football. All right, the number eight situation. This is totally based on injuries here. Kyler Murray recovering from a major knee injury in Arizona. Well, the Cardinals are also concerned here about Colt McCoy coming off a neck injury, which is a bit scary. Last season, he missed a lot of time with a calf injury, so... Colt McCoy has been a reliable backup whenever they need to plug and play him for Kyler Murray, but McCoy getting a little bit older, can't move around as much here. He had the calf issue last year, this year it's the neck, which is always scary. Murray needs to be on target to start. I think that's maybe some coach speak motivation here from Jonathan Gannon and this offensive coaching staff in Arizona to say, okay, we need to see what's going on here. We're not sure if either quarterback is going to be ready, but they don't really have a lot more to think about it at that position. So I, I think Kyler Murray is going to be motivated to be out on the field in week one. He needs a rebound season. It's a pretty key season for him, even after he got the big contract in tow here as a 2019 number one overall pick. That's there, but he needs to prove himself more as a top quarterback. Cardinals could be taking a lot of lumps here, so you expect high-volume passing game as they're transitional on defense and should struggle there. And uh be trailing in a lot of games here, so not necessarily maybe the best situation for James Conner. But again, DeAndre Hopkins can get it done with most any quarterback we've seen in the past going back to Houston, but we really need Kyler Murray in there to help Marquise Hollywood-Brown, uh, given his connection from Oklahoma. The chemistry is there. Got to put Rondell Moore on the map, and again, Murray's running also opens things up for Conner in the traditional rushing attack because uh, we know McCoy is not going to do that. So Right now, it's a little bit cloudy, again, just based on injury, Murray's health status, but I think Murray's motivated now with McCoy not being available, maybe also being pushed to do that here to start the Jonathan Gannon era on the field in week one. So it's a race, but I think he'll get there. It just so much is dependent on his running and ability to buy time that they're going to be erring on the side of caution with his knees. So something to watch there with Murray and McCoy, but I would lean right now that Murray's going to be started. McCoy actually may not be ready to be in action there in week one. All right, the seventh most cloudy or cloudiest situation here is the Washington Commanders. Now, they have uh, sat on Sam Howell as their starting quarterback, but they also got a viable backup here in Jacoby Brissett, who had a very good stint there in those 11 games in which Deshaun Watson was suspended in Cleveland. So Brissett... Is a threat here, and they've hinted at some weird two-quarterback situation. They're just trying to hedge their bets here. And, of course, the coach speaks, says, okay, it's Sam Howell's job. He's got to go still compete, fight for it. They're not going to sleep on Brissett. But Brissett, again, had too good of a year as a Brown last season, and they're really coming off a good run with the Dolphins as well to 
believe that he's in the mix to start here over Sam Howell. So I think they want Sam Howell to just win the job outright, and that's part of the psychology of this, right? They want him to just say, you're going to have to prove it versus just getting it by default over Brissett, a very accomplished veteran backup who's served well in a variety of systems here. And now you get a new system with the commanders with Eric Bieniemy coming in, and Brissett is a pro's pro, so he'll embrace that offense pretty quickly and adjust to it. So something to think about there that could get him on the field. Sam Howell just uh, went through the ringer. He had uh, the offense of Scott Turner last year, so now he's trying to figure out what to do here with Bieniemy. So equal learning curve as a younger quarterback here. Again, Brissett, much like Heineke, the former commander going to the Falcons, is going to be an option here. So something to watch. I wouldn't just say it's slam dunk Sam Howell. That's why they come in at number seven here to watch. Uh, I think with Howell, he can push the ball downfield a little bit more. With Brissett, he's going to put the ball in the hands of the key receiver. So I think it's better overall for Terry McLaurin because, you know, Howell's going to pepper him with targets. I think with Brissett, because of his veteran status, he's going to spread around a little bit more and feel comfortable with more Jahan Dotson there. So, you know, young quarterbacks tend to throw to one target more so than the other at a high rate, where veterans tend to spread around but still maintaining it with the starters here. So something to watch there. And then Antonio Gibson is going to be a big factor with either quarterback as a receiver that they have uh, kind of untapped here so far in the previous offense. I think they'll use him more. So, again, I'm kind of pushing for Jacoby Brissett to win this job. It may not happen here to give us a little bit more versatility and pop and production we're looking for in fantasy football from the commanders. But I can definitely see Sam Howell winning the job and the commanders getting one last look at him before they dive potentially into a quarterback next year. Caleb Williams is a D.C. area native, so they're probably keeping their eyes on him should they land the number one overall pick in 2024. All right, that looks at three cloudy quarterback situations. We've got six more that are very uncertain that we want some clarity for for fantasy football here in 2023 going into training camp. Let's hope we get that. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by the number one sports book in America. That is FanDuel. And look, we're lucky that the NBA Conference Finals is still going here. So we have a little bit more action with the Celtics and Heat as they have made it now 3-1 as the Denver Nuggets wait to take on the winner of the series in the NBA Finals starting on June 1st. It's time to make a fast break to FanDuel during what's left of the NBA playoffs. We know NHL is also going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Because right now, new customers getting no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. They have great promotions every day you can check out, to parlays that you can play, combining point scores, assist men, rebounders with the game result here. So check that out for sure. Get in on that action. While we have the games fully going here in the NBA, it's a safe and secure app so you can trust FanDuel that you're going to play and you don't need to worry about where your funds go. And once you win and it needs your funds replenished, you'll get paid instantly there with FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than at number one sportsbook in America. That's FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Check it out on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA and a proud sponsor here of LockedOn Fantasy Football. All right, it is time to continue the show, and we'll break down more uncertain quarterback situations. At number six, this might be a little bit of a low ranking, but I'm fairly certain, I'm based here in Charlotte, that Bryce Young will be this Panthers starting quarterback. There are too many signs that I've already seen here that 
look at Bryce Young. He is picking up the offense fast. Look at Bryce Young. He's correcting things in the playbook that need to be there. He's mature. He's thinking beyond his years. He's impressed all his veteran teammates already. The company line was saying, okay, Andy Dalton is the starter. Yes, we get that. That's how teams are going to approach it. They're going to motivate that rookie quarterback, whether he's early in the draft as the number one overall pick the way that Bryce Young is, or later in the draft if they're going to trust him as a starting quarterback to motivate as much as possible here. So you just can't deny Bryce Young. I just know that this kid is going to be out there in week one starting. So keep that in mind. I, I think if you're doing anything with the Panthers, assessing their fantasy football and reality outlook here for week one on the field, for winning and putting up some offensive numbers here, Bryce Young is going to be the quarterback over Andy Dalton. That's great because that's going to get Adam Thielen more unlocked in the slot as kind of a possession receiver. They're going to go in more of that direction. I think that'll be good news for Terrace Marshall, throwing outside and in a stretching field. But DJ Chark, will see if he can stay healthy to be effective here. But this is good news, and also for the running game there that the Panthers have with Miles Sanders now in the lead role here. So check down, short passes, that's how you look at it from the Panthers. But really, I feel confident about Bryce Young being the starter. And he's only up here because the teams itself looked at some uncertainty over this and they hinted that Dalton could be in the mix to be the bridge quarterback in week one. But right now, Bryce Young, I'm very confident the way he can pick up things, cerebral beyond his ears. On that rookie contract, that's a bargain. The Panthers want to see what he can do sooner rather than later, and he's going to earn that right coming out of training camp. Number five on the list, the Indianapolis Colts. Anthony Richardson, the arrow's pointing up for him as well. It was defaulted that Gardner Minshew would start here in Indianapolis, but Minshew already been impressed with Richardson. Richardson just gives him a higher ceiling, and it really gives him a higher floor because of his running ability that he brings to Indianapolis. They have the players to stretch a field, Michael Putman Jr. and aforementioned Alec Pierce, who worked with Desmond Ritter in Cincinnati. So now you have some weapons. You can spread the field a little bit. Pretty deep at tight end, the Colts are. So I think you look at Anthony Richards in a good spot here. They want to get his dynamic talents on the field. So Minshew is a valuable backup, and his role has been key because he knows Shane Steichen's offense well for being in Philadelphia last year. But... I really think they're going to push Richardson to start as much as possible. So it's not a slam dunk as much for me with Bryce Young finishing ahead of Dalton because Minshew is capable. He's okay. He's a good fill-in here, more so than Andy Dalton this stage of his career, just being a fading uh, veteran backup. So something to watch there, but I would still lean toward Anthony Richardson starting in Indianapolis in week one. And sticking on this rookie quarterback theme, I'm not sure what you're going to get from the Tennessee Titans. I would say default to Ryan Tannehill. Given that he's been traded or moved or released to be the starting quarterback, Malik Willis is kind of the odd person out here as a young developmental backup. So it's between Tannehill and Will Levis, I think. We'll see if Levis even gets an opportunity. So that's why it's kind of in the middle as well. We're not sure exactly what the Titans are thinking with their rookie second-round pick to put in the lineup if they're ready with Levis or want him to wait because he went to 33 overall versus being picked in the top 31 here in the draft. So... A lot of things to look at there, but Malik Willis, you would say, is out. Tannehill is the safe default choice to start for the Titans here early in the season in 2023. All right, there's three more situations uh, that we'll look at that uh, the quarterback for week one is not in stone here and uncertain, so we'll have that for you. Counting down from three to one there, and uh, one is easy because it's involving three quarterbacks and not knowing 
which among them will start in week one in Pittsburgh. So we'll get to those teams there in our final segment. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen today. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts. We're part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. And uh, every day, don't worry, we'll come back and keep breaking things down for you tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll look at nine uncertain backfield situations. So we'll explore things that are confusing us for fantasy football in terms of uh, camp battles at running back. So we'll look at that there on Thursday's show. And then we'll continue looking at wide receiver as well as we're looking for clarity in these positions. So good way to uh, end this week here, look at quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers with our top nine lists. All right, it is time to close the show here on Locked on Fantasy Football, and we'll break down the top three situations that uh, worry us most for quarterbacks in the NFL. Number three is the Houston Texans. We thought it could be C.J. Stroud defaulting here as the starting quarterback immediately in that Bobby Slowick 49er style of offense, but Davis Mills is not quitting, and Mills thinks he's a good system quarterback to get it done. So Mills, we know the Texans obviously are not sold on him or they wouldn't have used such a high aggressive pick to get C.J. Stroud in this draft, and they like Stroud, what he can do. That 49er style system is a pocket passer with his accuracy, so I think this has to be up there only because of the coach speak and uh, what Mills is saying here. But overall, the Texans, because they have that 49er style of offense, that they could be thinking, who's the right quarterback for the system? We know they're running back battles for this type of team. San Francisco adjacent has been kind of unpredictable here. So Texans, again, Davis Mills trying to muck it up a little bit and see what's going on with C.J. Stroud. So We'll see how that plays out, but we're not going to be 100% sure on this one until we get closer. I feel a lot better about Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson starting right away right now, this moment, than C.J. Stroud, only because I trust those situations more offensively than this one with the 49ers' brain trust moving to Houston. All right, number two is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're not having a high draft pick here, rookie that's in the mix. They don't have a reliable bridge quarterback. It's Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask. And uh, John Wolford's in the mix as well. So I'm not sure what you're going to get from this one. I think Mayfield, it's his job to lose right now. Trask has hardly been on the field. Mayfield, you know, has bounced around, went to the Panthers. It didn't work out there. Had a flash with the Rams and had that moment with that big comeback there in place of Matthew Stafford. So we'll see what he has left. I always thought this was a good fit, Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. But now it's a different style of offense, which actually might make it a better fit. I thought uh, Bruce Arians and uh, Byron Leftwich, that no risk and no biscuit, helping with the running game, throwing downfield might help. But I think this might be even better for him that the Seahawks style of offense that worked well for Geno Smith resurrected him there with Dave Canales comes over. So emphasis on the running game. So you'll see Rashad White be a big factor. Intermediate passing games, a lot of Chris Godwin and Cade Otten. We're going to take a shape here for this offense. So I... I'll see how that plays out, but I would say really confidently that Baker Mayfield has the edge here. I think Trask will get every opportunity to prove the Buccaneers wrong and get in there, but they tabled quarterback this year, so clearly they're just seeing who the best person is to look at an audition for 2023. Do either of these guys have it, and are either of these guys going to be an option for 2024? So they're going to get a good long look at Mayfield and Trask, and it could end up Mayfield starts early, the Buccaneers fall out of it, and then they want to see what Trask can do later. But I would say out of the gate, Mayfield has a really good shot to start for Tampa. Finally, the number one team is the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, Trey Lance has almost become an afterthought. It's his Brock Purdy healthy enough with the elbow to be out there after surgery. 
How about Sam Darnold? Has he grasped this offense quickly enough? How about Trey Lance? Has he taken the next step, matured, and learned, and gotten better, and uh, figured out his mechanics and accuracy and all that, especially after the layoff with the ankle injury last year? So a lot of question marks for the 49ers. They open up the Steelers right now. They're field goal favorites there on the road in Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, or Akershore Stadium, we should say. The former Heinz Field with that. So the 49ers, uh, will they catch up? with what they need here with their quarterback. So we'll see. I think they're pushing Brock Purdy to be ready, but there's a realistic chance that they might pivot to Sam Darnold. So 49ers once again fickle with their quarterbacks. Keep in mind how it went last year. Trey Lance went down. They went to Jimmy Garoppolo and went to Brock Purdy. Now you can go in a different order where it might be Sam Darnold to Trey Lance to Brock Purdy. So all kinds of weird situations going on with the 49ers uh, quarterback situation. But yeah. That is definitely the most uncertain here. When you have three quarterbacks that you got to worry about, uh, you have none that you're feeling really certain about here. And it's so bad because the 49ers are a team that we're looking for a lot in fantasy football to get the most out of Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. I think Sam Darnold immediately downgrades that from week one, right? Playing the Steelers' defense, that's not great news for him. You look at Trey Lance, the running ability that can curb some of the running stuff that you're going to get from Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell and also limit their downfield passing with Samuel and Kittle and the rest. So something to worry about. So just right actually might be Brock Purdy. Let's hope he can get on the field. We know what he's done, facilitated the other offensive school scoring here for the 49ers. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of the nine most uncertain quarterback situation, cloudiest, if you will, that we're trying to figure out and what it means for fantasy football as we go into training camp and wait for that to start. We'll have some more clarity. We need starters for all... 32 teams, we'll get them after camp, but those are the ones that we're going to watch the most to see if there's a quarterback surprise or change in who is leading to be the guy in week one and beyond. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen day. We're free and available to you wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe and follow for free. We're part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy team every day. Every day is uh, tomorrow. Don't uh, forget, we'll check out the running back situations, the nine most uncertain there with committees and crowds there that we want to navigate through in fantasy football so we'll take a look at that that position close the week with wide receivers a lot more to come here in locked on fantasy football for our latest top nine list for locked on fantasy football this has been video Iyer. have a great rest of your wednesday and we'll check out tomorrow looking at the running back situations all across the nfl